this is great. Thanks so much for downloading this. Super grateful. Very excited that you're listening to our Passion Pod this week. Passion Pod number 56, no less. It's a goodie as well. We're chatting to Ellie White. She is a comedian. Yes, she... I know, quite joyous to be chatting to a female comedian. Don't worry, I'm not burning my bra just yet, but it is quite a novelty, not going to lie. Still, unfortunately, that is the case. Relatively new to the game. She did a load of stuff at uni, had a bit of a break, did some other stuff and has come back to it over the last couple of years and doing brilliantly. She was in Vic and Bob's House of Fools. Don't know if you watched that um, earlier in the year. And she's just about to take a show up to Edinburgh again. She's been there a few times, Um, as any good comedian should, I feel, slash... So I've heard. I'm not an authority on this. Um, But yeah, so really exciting time for her. Again, some really wicked advice in this podcast, especially if you're feeling like you don't even know where to begin. There's some really honest bits from Ellie about, you know, when she was starting, how she didn't have a clue where to start and the like. So yeah, feast your ears. You're listening to Passion Pod 56 with Ellie White. Right, Mm. Ellie White. Hello. Do I describe you as a comedian? Um, or actress? In fact, I was, yeah, well, I how don't know. One, how does one do, it, what are you? It's always embarrassing saying to people, like, oh, I'm a comedian, because they immediately go, oh, yeah, and? Give, <laughs> give us your best line. Give us, give. Oh. So I usually don't say anything. I usually go, they go, oh, what do you do? And I go, oh, okay. oh um, so sometimes I go, sometimes uh, and then run away. It's a good way, <laughs> actually, darling. I just, I think it's, it's a hard thing to say. Even say that you're an actress or a writer because people like to know if you've done something or they, they can go, oh, I, I remember that. Oh, you are an actress. Because if you haven't done anything that they haven't heard of, they go, you're not an actress then. You put, get put in the box of wannabe yeah. actress. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. struggling, or she's struggling. Probably waitressing yeah. at the same yeah. time. Yeah, so yeah which welcome I to reality. Uh, but I might say, I might say writer-performer. Perfect. Uh, so we're going with writer-performer. Love this. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back. Yes. Have you always done that? What, what's your sort of mini timeline of no. you? No, um, well... I did comedy at university as a sketch group at university, like a student review. On the side of degrees. Exactly, and just kind of was obsessed with it. And we had such a fun time when we went to Edinburgh. I mean, looking back at some of the material, it was some of the worst comedy that's ever existed. But you have to learn the hard way. And um, we, we made really good friends. And some of the people that I was in the review with are still doing comedy and... Charlotte Ritchie, who's in Fresh Me. Jamie Dimitriou, who's, who's doing loads of comedy stuff. Charlie Perkins, who works in comedy behind the scenes. A guy I did a show with called Oscar. Another writer called jo- So lo- loads of people who we did it with at university are still doing it. Amazing. And then after Bristol, I kind of thought, I don't know if I can do this professionally. So I tried a few jobs, kind of beh- more behind the scenes, like producery roles. Worked for an absolutely brilliant theatre company called The Lost Refuge. You might have heard about them. <laughs> Podcast number one. Um, I just want to go back though, yeah. sorry. So what was the main reason that you didn't do it as a career straight off the bat? I think? think it was, I'd had a summer in Edinburgh straight after I finished university. And it was just a classic case of like, I don't know if this can be a career. I don't know if I, if I'm good enough, number one. I don't know if I, if people find me particularly funny I you know so many people are like don't go into performing it's not good and at that age as well and at that time when you haven't really done it on your own and I just I didn't think it was a career I didn't think it was a how what would I do I I wanted to be like an actress I wanted to be a writer but how do you get that off the ground and how do you 
do that of your own accord. I just didn't know anything about the world. Um, and money, I guess. You know, exactly. it's not the most obvious route. Well, yeah, and, I, and then I, when I came back from Edinburgh, I, I got a job on Matilda, the musical, like just as a runner. And so I was doing that and then through that got The Last Refuge and then went on to working behind the scenes in comedy after The Last Refuge. And then I worked, started working in a comedy club, but as a, an assistant producer. And I was like, God, it looks so fun. It looks great. And a friend of mine, Jamie, who I was in the re- review with, said he was going out to Edinburgh to try stuff out on his own. And he said, why don't you come and do a 10 minute set in my show? Like just write something for the top. You do 10 minutes and then I'll do my show because he didn't have a form show. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds terrifying. But I just quit my job and I was like, I didn't have anything else to do. I had like a little bit of money in my bank account. So I was like, why not? go and do it and also if it's come and crossed your path like that you sort of with those things you sort of almost know you need to say yes exactly and and I went up for the last like five days of Edinburgh and he'd had a really good month and there were some like great people going to see him and so I went and did my first like set which is like a character that I wrote who was like a motivational speaker it makes me nervous just hearing it like it was the scariest it was this I mean I still get nervous now but I can't describe the feeling for the first time doing it by myself, like with this really written set that, you know, I'd learned and I had this costume and it was in this like really like grim back room of a bar. Like it was so casual. Edinburgh classic. Yeah, Edinburgh classic. <laughs> but I was so prepared and kind of, and it went really well the, the, the few days that I did it, you know, it was fine. But I, I think I must have looked like the most nervous person in the world. And then I was just like, well, I'll try and get gigs in London and then do I can more of it. do more of it. And so, but I then, I also had to work on the side. So I, I started doing gigs, just like writing to people and being like, can I be on your night tonight? And sometimes I get a reply and sometimes I wouldn't. But the nice thing was there was a kind of group of us who were just starting out and our friend, Charlie Perkins, who I went to Bristol with, who produced our student review shows she'd started working at this comedy club called the invisible dot which is like a really great comedy club in um king's cross and it's it kind of specializes in like alternative more left field like sketch character and it produces some like amazing acts like tim key and daniel kitts and people like that and she put great us on lineup with she, people. yeah she put us on there in like small slots and you know 10 minutes here and there and it was there was like a group of us who like all supported each other and all started doing it together. That must have made a big difference because Huge I think with a lot of with a lot of what you you know it can feel massively lonely. Definitely to have people that are women. I, th- I, I think if you are just doing it on your own, if you're suddenly like I'm gonna have a go at comedy, it's so scary. And I have so much respect for those kinds of people. I think it's been probably like a nicer, more comforting path for me because I felt like. I've made friends and we've all kind of grown up together in that world. But yeah, and also you've got people to call on. Like, so if you are thinking, oh yeah. God, I need a bit of advice with this or something, you've got sort of brains that are in the same, you know, in tune. Exactly. And it was fantastic. And then the following year, I went to Edinburgh with just half an hour. That's after work, you know, I was working in a music school for most of the year. Anyway. I was going to say how you made that work yeah. financially. So you were still doing sort of day job. Yeah, I was working, but it was, it was much more... Comedy was much more like my focus than the year before. Like it was a temp job. I just stayed there for like six months at a music school and it was nine to five and I didn't have any kind of, it was really fun and lovely people, but I didn't, it wasn't taking up the majority of my thoughts like 
the year before had been. And then went to Edinburgh and got an agent from Edinburgh. And then, you know, once you have that, it's much easier. But also, it's like a secondary support for you and someone that believes in you and getting you work and things like that. God, it's so exciting when you hear it said like that. It's like, and that's how you do it. Yeah, but it's not because it's still so shit and horrible. I know. I, I the agent thing just boggles my mind. Yeah, because everyone thinks that. the be all and end all in performing is getting an agent, but it often, you know, once you've signed with someone, it's still you have to make so many paths yourself, and you still have to carry on. You know, people have agents for years and don't make any headway. And my agent is lovely, which which is which really helps. But it's it's still it's still like a risky business. Darling, I do this thing about a bag. Um, yes. So you've got a bag that you can take with you. It's like Mary Poppins esque. Yes. So you know, expandable sides. And you've got three things in <laughs> oh it. Oh God, this is so scary. You can have totes time. <laughs> it's not scary. Shut up. Uh, an inspiration. So book, movie, I don't know. Okay. Thing. Uh, a thing, and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then a person or people. Oh. So three things to drop in your bag. Does it have to be a friend? Or could it can be, be anyone? anyone you fancy oh, that's no, good. But it's been so good. I'm bad at these sorts of things. I can never think of anything. It's like if you're setting out, what are the, those three things that sort of that help you on your quest yeah, to yeah, do yeah. what you do? Oh, sort I see. Of vibe. Okay. Okay. Well, the first like comedy show I was ever like obsessed with, which everyone, everyone who does comedy really loves is was the day to day which is like a series that came out <laughs> i always used to be when i was younger i used to be like yeah i love the day to day because i thought it's like really left field and niche but it's not at all but i thought i was really cool when i was a teenager because i discovered this all my friends showed me the show and i was like this is these are my guys these are my people i found <laughs> my tribe but i still like watch it for inspiration because i'm still like it's incredible it's just a parody news show they had it was all characters and like it, it was just a spoof news news show and produced by Armando Iannucci who's a genius and he's done amazing things and then Chris Morris who's the lead part in it who I saw the other day in the street and almost ran over to him and then I was like I've got too much respect for you can't. I can't do this and you know I want to slightly lick your face that's where Alan Partridge started and he started as a character on that and it has Rebecca Front and Dune McKicken and people like that in it it's just like got a great cast and Banging you just cars. watch it and you're like, oh, it's genius. And it was the first thing I watched that I was like, I love comedy. That's a goodie. That's a goodie. Yeah? Yeah, goodie. And so I need a thing. I just bought myself a digital radio. Oh, yeah. lovely. Is it a Roberts? little one, a little Roberts radio. And that is the best thing I've ever bought in my whole life. And it's got all the stations. Oh, you're the girl after my own heart. Seriously. <laughs> and, I, and it's so much nicer waking up in the morning and putting the radio on than it is like putting some music on your phone or something like that. And I, I turn on Sean Keaveney in the morning, Radio 6 Music, get all the tunes. He's really funny. And... <laughs> I hope he listens to this because that would be Keevney. really good. <laughs> uh, shout out to Sean Keevney, my boy Sean Keevney. <laughs> and so I've also started listening to Radio 4. Oh, I think it, it, All before your time. I think it's like a really middle class, like, 20s thing to do, isn't it? I actually listen to Women's Hour on Radio 4, so it's like every single one of my friends does. 
It's like, again, you're back into the not being original. You think, yeah. you're, you think you're cutting oh, yeah. edge, babe. Not at all. But lovely as well, their voices. Oh, yeah. it's just so delicious. Yeah, and you're a voiceover <laughs> well, You know, going from me and my expert opinion. No, but I just love it. So it's like a big fat hug. I love a bit of radio yeah, for. Yeah, it is. What a great pick. You are, you're choosing these wisely. And thumbs up. And, I'm and what about your something more inspiring. No, that's a brilliant one. And, and people. people. Or person people. I don't know who I'd want to like hang out with because I think with only of your heroes it's just too intimidating. I, anyone I want to impress, I can't speak to them. Just what? Just because it's it's meltdown time. Yeah, I just yeah. can't. I can't do it. So it would have to be people that I I'm not got scared. on with really well that are my friends. So someone like Emily Chiswell. <laughs> it's like yeah, you can come with me. Well, my comedy sketch partner Natasha Dimitriou, who's the funniest woman in the world. And I'd probably take her. And um, who else? Oh, at the moment, I love Amy Schumer. Oh, she's the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. She's everywhere and loving her. Amy Schumer is incredible. And I, my friend, who I'd also take, Claudia Doherty, who's a, who's a fellow female comedian who's excellent, has just worked with her and she says she's, Amy Schumer's the nicest woman in the world. So I take those three. What a combo. I take some other people in my bag. <laughs> take everyone. Faze, that's like the perfect collection. And what do you think's the most challenging thing um, about, you know, pursuing the route that you've gone down? What... It, it depends, I suppose, because I, I never really wanted to be like a comedian, like for the stage. I, I always wanted to be doing like radio and TV and stuff like that and doing more stuff that's going to make me the big dollars. <laughs> the big books. Good luck with that. We're no, in the wrong game. You know game. how some people love being on stage, like doing the stand-up. Like, there's a different trajectory for that, and you can go on tour and you can go and do like bigger gigs and sell out like arenas eventually. But that wasn't. That's never been my aim. I don't think. Well, because I'm not a stand-up. But, but. <laughs> no, but also the collaborative element as well. Just I don't know. I don't yeah. know enough about it, but I imagine that's much more in tune with. That style exactly. of comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? Well, I suppose, I suppose, like, sketch and character stuff is more... Like, it's great watching that on stage, but, like, the end game is more, like, kind of, can we get a TV show or can we get, can we get a radio show or can we turn this into some sort of play or project that's a bit more, like, you know, not just you with a microphone on stage. So, anyway, so that world, the kind of TV radio world, it's just, it's a lot of closed doors. It's, it's really hard to get stuff off the ground, really hard. And there's not that much trust for, like, young people. They don't often kind of take risks on young writers or young performers. And I can see why, you know, if they haven't done anything before, why should they? But then, um, you know, then you're faced with the problem of, you know, well, how does anyone ever break it anyway? Exactly. I just feel like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you know, you had people like Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie and the Footlights got a show after Edinburgh. Like, they got a t- their own TV show. And they've been working since for the past, like, 30 years. Off but, the back of that. Because they started young and they got the confidence and then they got better and better and better. But if you're not giving, being given any opportunities, it's hard to... Um, it's hard to get that kind of confidence and grow and learn from your, you know, mistake. If you've made any mistakes in the past or anything like that, I'm sure like the first things that most people did weren't their most proud moments. But just to practice it and produce it exactly. and go through it, and you know, as you say, you learn from it. Also, it seems like they took more risks in the past than they do now. Not to say that they don't like. Well, I've just made a pilot with the BBC, which was like great of them to produce and stuff like that. But it's. Certainly, like, few and far between. It's not like you see loads of sketch shows being made and with, with like, an ensemble cast. And 
that have written it and performed it themselves who've never really done that before. I think it was a, it was a big risk for them to take. Yeah, because it seems often that people get pulled back once you're yeah. in, you're there. Yeah. There's people getting pulled. But that's interesting, just thinking in terms of the Vic and Bob thing. Yeah, they're, they're also exactly the same. So they, they started when they were like 25, maybe a bit older, but they literally were two guys who were just like, yeah, we go on stage, do things that we find funny. Like, didn't know much about comedy. Had this like really cult night in New Cross in like 1989 or something. And then some producers came along and were like, let's put that on TV. And they did. And it was this like madcap, like wild show that would never be made now. Never. Yeah, that's so depressing, isn't yeah. it? But, I'm... <laughs> but I think TV has like really changed. So those kind of like wild, like Big Breakfast style, like amazing kind of like you can hear all the crew like laughing from behind the camera. Like it doesn't seem to feel the same anymore. But then I think that that's where stuff online comes in, isn't yeah. it? Because you can create your stuff yourself and yes, it's not ideal, but you can yeah. bang it on YouTube yeah, or you can exactly. bang it online and yeah. you know, you've got a platform. Yeah. But I was just interested in terms of the Vic and Bob, like that yeah. partnering with them. It's the great thing about them is that they love just finding random people and like, yeah, we'll put them in the show. Yeah, we'll just get, like, well, they, they got a dinner lady from the canteen in Media City to be in the show. Like, basically hang around anywhere they're making a no, show but genuinely they find <laughs> I think they find things funny that aren't supposed to be funny if you know what I mean like, I think if someone was like really hot and cool and great they wouldn't want the show do you know what I mean like, that's they, great they, so, so, yeah that's great they like I think they liked the fact that I hadn't done anything before and they liked the fact that I was just this random girl who came in and I just it was complete fluke was like, it I was just doing a favour for a friend I was just reading through doing a read-through for them during rehearsals. I had no idea that they hadn't cast that part. I thought they'd cast it, and I was just, like, reading through because the actress couldn't be there. And then they were like, yeah, do you want the part? And I was like, what? Oh, my God. And then, like, three months later, I was in Manchester filming it in a stupid wig, and it was so scary. Lovely trainers, I remember. Or a lovely sort of gene ensemble. <laughs> yeah. But was so for you, do you think that was, like... Does that change stuff? Yeah, yeah, like, yes, yeah, it was... It was an amazing experience, like, doing a whole series, number one, watching people who've been doing it for 25 years. Such learning, like, yeah, such Which was incredible. Being, being around people that I, like, respected so much, like Vic and Bob, Matt Berry, Morgana, Dan Skinner, Daniel, all of them, like, I loved. So I was like... It's quite the list as well. It's yeah. like... And I had a really small part, so it was, like, a lot less pressure on me. Um, so it was a great place to start, but it was live audience, so it was pretty scary. And but I learned, oh yeah, I did learn a lot, and that so I, that was my first like proper job. Like I'd done little bits of filming and radio and stuff here and there, but that was my first proper job. And that was when I gave up, you know, gave up doing stuff on the side when I got that. And then uh, since that, I've pretty much been working. I've had to do like the occasional week of temping to support myself, but since then, it's been quite good that's awesome how yeah. exciting yeah but I mean it's, that, that's the thing like it, it, it could just go tits up at any point which is like simultaneously exciting and quite horrendous the, the, the great thing is is that every day is every day is different but that's quite you sometimes look at your friends who have like nine to five jobs and like salaries and stuff and you're like god I wish I could you know plan my holiday and not be nervous because I might have something that comes up or be really depressed when I haven't gone on holiday and nothing comes up sometimes you might not hear from for, for anything for like two months and then suddenly everything comes at once or you might not hear anything for like you know a year that's why it's so hard I think to say what I do professionally because it's I still don't really believe that I do it 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Why do we not feel like these jobs are jobs? You know, you are making a living. Yeah. And you are supporting yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But yet we still have this, you know, we've got a long way to come. Yeah, definitely. And also I think, I think with acting, it's really, it is like that. It's like if you can't prove to people that you've been in stuff or that you, they, they recognise you or anything like that, they think you're a failure. And like you could be a jobbing actor for 40 years like constantly working and making your living and making your living and doing what you love but people might not recognize you and they they automatically think the general public that you're some sort of failure or you're not working hard or you're not doing you know if you don't if you're not up in the morning because you've had a really late night because you've been doing a comedy thing then it's like why aren't you up and working and it's like but i've it's a different schedule it's a different lifestyle like it's it's not any less than what other people are doing, but it's it's just a different kind of world, I suppose. Because that's the core of why I do these bloody yeah. things. It's just like everyone feels so similar, and it's yeah. like, ah, what we need yeah. to just support people just yeah, to know yeah. that they're not the only person that's thinking that. But, but I think a lot of that, I don't know what you think, but I think a lot of that comes from your own experience and confidence. <laughs> you know, I've talked about this in podcasts before. People have said, you know, the more you can structure stuff and you've got For a handle sure. of it... The I more think that you feel confident with I it. I think that's the um, like when you start realizing that it's a job, you know, when you go downstairs and you're writing at nine and you're working all day on your own schedule, then I feel like that's like the moment where you're like, oh, I can make this into a job. Like I can make this work for myself instead of really kind of losing yourself and not getting up till four in the afternoon and then being like, I haven't done anything today. Like stabbing yourself <laughs> yeah, in the head. Exactly. Let me give myself the lashes. <laughs> Um, darling, if you were to give someone a bit of advice, what bit of advice would you give them if they were wanting to sort of follow a little path like yours? Or f- I don't know. I think it's so different for everyone. I feel like I've, I've, like, I feel like the Vic and Bob thing came about like totally of luck. I, I feel like you, ha- you, sh- you should probably be a lot more confident in yourself than I am. Like, don't just, just do it. And I spend a lot of time going, I'm not good enough. I'm shit. Everyone hates me. That's definitely not like the best way of thinking, and it also makes you really anxious and makes you have frown lines before you're before it's your time to have frown lines. It's a really good way of selling yourself as well. It's like, yeah, you really want to employ me, but uh, I'm really bad. You're going so... into auditions, being like, you you won't want me. I'm not I'm not good enough for this. Yeah, probably. Do. And also like stick with people, you know, like work with your friends and work with people that you find funny and you find talented. And I I've been so lucky in that I've like basically just worked with my friends the past like two years. And it's so much more natural and and fun and like a better place to make comedy. You've been listening to Passion Pod 56 with Ellie White. Oh, thanks so much, Ellie. Amazing to have her on the podcast this week. Just super grateful for her time and lots of laughing which is always a joy for me I hope you found some good nuggets in there if you enjoyed it or if you want to check out some of our other podcasts we've got all sorts of different bods up there people who are doing similar stuff to Ellie actors musicians as well as food stall holders what else we got up there hand balancer um, magazine makers there's loads so find us on iTunes passion pods and you can subscribe to us on there or find us on Twitter or Facebook don't know what's in the water at the moment, but next week we've got a really exciting passion pod from a podcaster. 
I am so nervous. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. She's really successful podcaster. And we are chatting to her next week on Passion Pods. Uh, so uh, wish me luck. More will be revealed. So keep your ears peeled. Um, otherwise, we'll touch base with you with that next week. Hope you have a really good one. <laughs>